It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight, I'm Frank Morano. Uh, this song was actually featured in the most recent series, the most recent season of the series Ted Lasso, which uh, just wrapped up his third and possibly final season. I became a big fan of this program, and it's difficult to explain, and I've tried to on the air several times, what it is that makes this show so special. But I tell you, one of the things that absolutely played a role in this program's success is that particularly early on, with all the negativity that's out there in the media, with all these television programs that are out there celebrating anti-heroes, there's someone, it's so nice to see someone be the centerpiece of a show who's positive and inspires people to... Uh, be the best version of themselves, not in a Ned Flanders type of way where they're mocked by their neighbors and those around them, but in a real sincere way where the good guy actually can be celebrated. And I think that was one of the keys to Ted Lasso's success, both as a coach and as a TV program. We're broken. We need to change. And look, I know change can be scary. One minute, you're playing freeze tag out there at recess with all your buddies. Next thing you know, you're getting zits, your voice gets low. Most of the time, change is a good thing. I think that's what it's all about, embracing change, being brave. An important lesson for all of us. I'm joined in studio now by a man who has been referred to several times by many people as the real-life Ted Lasso. I can't speak to that. Uh, he does not have a mustache, but he is a coach, and he has a bit of a southern uh, accent. Uh, joined in studio by coach Bill Courtney, the subject of the Oscar-winning documentary Undefeated, and a man of uh, many other talents and accolades as well. Bill, thanks for coming in studio. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. So uh, how do you feel? about that comparison to Ted Lasso. <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing. One, I love the song. When, when you're fading in, I was listening to music. I was like, hey, that's groovy. And then you start the Ted Lasso thing. I mean, I guess the Southern thing does it. Um, but, I, I, you know, fair enough. I, I You know, I maybe I'm funny. I don't know. Some, and, But I get it, and I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate the metaphor. Do you you watch the show though? Yeah, and oh, you, I have. I mean, I yeah, I've not watched them all, but many of them. Yeah, it's you know, it would be a shame if you were kind of marketed and billed as the real life Ted Lasso, and then you're like the Michael Bolton character in Office Space that can't stand Michael Bolton, and then has to go and be asked about Michael Bolton everywhere, everywhere he goes. No, no, I I, I like I like Ted. Lasso. Okay, it's fine if you don't. I no, mean, I, I do. I, I do. We accept. We're, yeah. we're tolerant of all television preferences on this show. <laughs> now, uh, I one of the things that I really enjoy doing every year, and I haven't been able to do it since uh, my wife and I had uh, a child uh, 18 months ago, but in my single days especially, I used to love to see 
every Oscar-nominated film in every category. Best original score, best sound mixing, best sound editing when those were separate categories, uh, best animated short, best foreign feature, everything. And it was, you really discover a lot of films that you wouldn't otherwise see. And about uh, 10 years ago or so, I discovered a wonderful documentary film uh, called The Undefeated, and it was actually not just nominated for an Academy Award, it actually won in the documentary category. If people aren't familiar with the film or if they don't remember it, here's a trailer to The Undefeated. For almost 14 years, we never won a football game. Oh my God in heaven. Chavis has serious anger issues. Stop. Stop. You go over there, Montreal. Montreal is dealing with the death of his father. When he died, I knew I was on my own. Number 77, O.C. Brown. O.C.'s grades wasn't up like they supposed to be. He's going to lose an opportunity to go do something with his life. You got to believe in yourselves, fellas. Four of those guys have taken some beating here. There's a Manassas player down. God, I hope we didn't just lose him. Two things mean most. Same thing to him in the world is his father and football. And we got to make sure we're there for him. Money. Whatever you're going through, I promise you to get back. This is an unbelievably good opportunity. You're down 20 nothing. You come back from that, now you're talking about something. 1-0-3 to go. Season comes to a close for somebody here tonight. You think football builds character. It does not. He's going to throw it. He pulls it bigger. Football reveals character. This is it. Let's go! That was the trailer to Undefeated. I said The Undefeated earlier because there's a Rock Hudson movie with that title that it always yeah. makes me want to... That always... There's also a Sarah Palin documentary called The Undefeated. Oh, is there? Yeah. Really? But yeah. if people haven't seen it, it's a terrific documentary that uh, chronicles a high school football team, the Manassas Tigers of Memphis, as they attempt a winning season after many years of losses. And the team is turned around by you, Coach uh, Bill Courtney. Tell me about that experience. Tell me about uh, coaching the Manassas Tigers. Why were they struggling for so many years? And why and how did you get to turn them around? So North Memphis is an area of Memphis that is, I, I, I don't want to misspeak here, but it's I think it's the third, fourth, one of the fifth most poorest zip codes in the United States. And I don't want to sensationalize it, but it is what, movies sensationalize it is uh lots of demographics i could give you but less than half of one percent of the people that live in the area around manassas have a college degree fewer than 50 percent of the people there own an automobile uh, i think 92 percent of the people in the neighborhood rent but probably the the most stark one is an 18 year old male is three times more likely to be dead or incarcerated by his 21st birthday than it is to have a job. Wow. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, it's, you know, East St. Louis. It's that kind of thing. It's really, really bad. And um, I uh, I coach football for a living. Um, my, my father left home when I was young, and my mom was married and divorced five times, and I, I kind of came up from – not a lot of means. And after I graduated college, you know, I wanted to coach football because the kids, the, the guys that coached me were my mentors. And I kind of felt like that was a calling. 
Uh, I got married, started having kids, and um, coaching football didn't pay the bills, got into uh, business, um, but I continued to coach as a non-faculty certified coach, which you can do in Tennessee if you take some uh, different accreditation. When I was starting my business, I needed it. I'm in manufacturing and I needed industrial space. And it, I looked for the cheapest you could find. And it happened to be in the neighborhood around Manassas because everything there's dilapidated right. and poor. Sure. So I started my business and was still coaching football. And the opportunity came up for me to go over to Manassas simply because it was a half mile from my manufacturing plant. And when I got there, I found on a varsity football team, 17 kids. Their previous 10 years record was four wins and 96 losses, <laughs> abject poverty, disenfranchisement, loss, all of the things I described to you. And then the year of undefeated, six years later, um, we had 75 kids on the team and we were 18 wins and two losses. And um, tagging on the last demographic I gave you, we graduated 18 kids off those last two teams and 17 went to college. It was, uh, and if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Coach Bill Courtney. You can check out his website, learn more about a lot of the things he's doing now, and his book, uh, CoachBillCourtney.com. Everything spelled exactly as it sounds. And uh, by the way, big shout out to our listeners in the Memphis area listening on uh, the Mighty 990 KWAM, uh, where we're very proud to be heard. Was the season documented in Undefeated? And again, it's been about 10 years since I saw the film, so forgive me if I don't remember this. Was that your first season coaching? That was the, my seventh. The seventh season. That was season. my last. Uh-huh. I showed up to, like I said, 17 kids, in a, and then that was the last season, which was the culmination of an enormous amount of work, but not just by me, by the other guys that coached with me and a lot of kids who bought in to tenets and fundamentals that maybe they hadn't really subscribed to. Uh, prior to the the work we did there, and and you know, I it, I don't ever want to I don't ever want to be crowned the guy that saved kids. You know, it's that's paternalistic, and frankly, <clears throat> frankly, it gives me probably more credit than I deserve. I, 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 the kids decided to ascribe to some different ways of doing things, and. They became heroes in my mind and inspirational in my mind because despite all the circumstances they came from, they changed themselves. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. So when you, that seven-year turnaround mission, uh, something tells me it's about a lot more than uh, trying some new, uh, trying to run some new plays and uh, having the X's and O's uh, line up a bit differently. It, it tells me that not only on your part, but the team around you, that there was a significant amount of work done to turn this ship around and head it in the right direction. Do you feel like the leadership strategies that you employed there 
could be used in any other uh, endeavor involving sports or maybe even in the corporate world and turn around a business or a sports team, maybe even something as uh, struggling as the Oakland Athletics, and uh, <laughs> and kind of get it on the same path that you did the Manassas Tigers. Well, you just spelled out the theme behind Against the Grain, my book, which is 15 chapters on if you employ these characters and tenets in your life, uh, and I mean your personal life, your marriage, your life with your children, your, your societal life, your business life, throughout all your life that um, you you can find success. And the, the idea is we can be, and when I say the word progressive, I don't mean political, we can be a forward, progressive, uh, evolving society without abandoning the core principles that defined us in the first place. If people are looking, and we want to encourage people to get against the grain, and they can get it at your website or on Amazon or wherever else, but if people are looking to make some changes, right, give us one. Give us one strategy that uh, people might not be employing on a day-to-day basis, either in their personal life, their business, or whatever, that will begin to get them on uh, on the right path from a wayward one. I don't know how much time we have, but I'm going to give you a quick story, and I'm going to do the Reader's Digest sure. version. My first year at Manassas, I um I was really frustrated. We were three and three, which I think is kind of average. But when you've won four games in ten years, you know the kids kind of thought I was a fat redheaded version of Newt Rock or <laughs> something. All right, and while the whole team was yes or no sir buying all the football, um, only half the team was buying into these tenets that I'm talking about: character, commitment, teamwork. And I was frustrated, and so I went to my guy. Every coach has a guy, and I'm like, hey, how do I get that half the team to buy into the important stuff like you're half the team? I mean, everybody's buying into the football, but the minute football practice and games or, or weightlifting is over, you guys are buying the important stuff, but half the team's back kind of in the streets. Sure. And what do I got to do? What do I got to do to get that half the team to buy in like you're half the team? And this is the guy that really always told me what he was thinking, and he dismissively said, oh, just keep doing what you're doing, coach. And I'm like, no, real talk. I don't want to hurt your feelings, coach. I'm like, hey, man, why can't I get that half the team to buy in the important stuff like you're half the team? He said, all right, coach, real talk. I said, yeah. He said they're trying to figure out if you're a turkey person or not. And i got to be honest with you, my first few months at Manassas, I'd learned a lot of vernacular that I had not employed in mm-hmm. my life. And I said, what are you talking about, turkey person? He said, Coach, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, people come into our neighborhoods, and they give us hams and gifts and turkeys. We take them because we ain't got none. But then they, we never see them again. Makes you wonder if they're doing that because they care about themselves, uh, care about us, or to make themselves feel good. And he looked me dead in the eyes, and he said, what the hell are you doing around here, Coach? Listen, if you – Work in a soup kitchen or provide turkeys to the needy at, at Thanksgiving, that's that's a beautiful thing. That's not what the story is is meant to explain. It's what's your motive. Are you motivated to get into the community? Are you motivated at work to find a leadership position because of the accolades and the things it brings to you? Or are you motivated because it's an opportunity to serve? And if you have an opportunity to shut up, ask people, about their reality and listen, and then with the information you get from listening serve, then you can in turn lead. And I think it's called servant leadership, 
but it all is based around what your motives are. Mm. So if there's one thing, make sure your motives are right. Uh, talking with Coach Bill Courtney, uh, tell me what you're doing now with an army of normal folks. What is this concept? What's your role in it? What's the purpose of it? So uh, like this, I've done an enormous amount of press around Undefeated and the book, and I, I speak all over the country at large venues and, you know, um, I guess old-fashioned Southern kind of wisdom is kind of in vogue in the media. And so I get asked to speak and do all kinds of stuff. And this guy named Alex, who's sitting over there, who's the producer now, interviewed me one day for a thing he was doing. And I said this, um, there are viaducts and there are off ramps in cities all over the, the country. Uh, where when you drive past those areas, you think this is not where I want to have a flat tire. Mm-hmm. It's not where I want my car to break down. Um, and then as you pass by, you kind of, as you peer down there, you kind of, and you see that despair and poverty and kind of disenfranchisement. You, you think to yourself, man, I hope somebody does something about <laughs> that one day. And my suggestion is maybe you kick that rearview mirror about 30 degrees to the left and look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, maybe I ought to do something about that one day. I mean, it, it's like somebody had to do something about that day that someday, like, like the sentiment matters. The sentiment doesn't do anything. It doesn't move the needle. And I think government has pro- proven woefully inadequate. Um, I think there's a lot of well-intentioned decades old programs that have become almost governmentally paternalistic that, um, I think inadvertently keep people in, in bad situations. Uh, I, I don't think fancy people using big words. Nobody understands on CNN and Fox are fixing anything. I don't think our political discord is fixing anything. What we need instead of all these smart people is just an army of normal folks seeing a place of need in their communities and saying, hey, I can fill that need and I can help. And if we had an army of normal folks um, serving, leading by serving in the most disadvantaged areas of our country, you know, we could we could maybe change the landscape of, of what's scaring us now when we look around and think everything's broken. And, I mean, it almost seems too obvious that if – we took not only the narrative back, but the work back as just normal folks and go out in our communities and serve. Maybe we can change some things. And so we've started a podcast called an army of normal folks. And we're interviewing normal people, average folks from around the country and telling the stories about the extraordinary things they've done in their communities. It's not a hallmark story. It's not wrapped up in a pretty pink bow. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has um, problems with their family and in their life and in their business life. So it's not like you ordained and you went and did this wonderful thing in your community and here's this cute little story. It's more about look at what this average person has done to affect other people's lives and their communities despite the things they had to overcome. If people want to learn more about it, by the way, they can go to normalfolks.us. It's normalfolks.us. One of the things that I'm amazed at how uh, common this is, is when I talk to anybody, uh, people I meet on the street, or people in the media, 
police officers, firefighters, politicians. I imagine this is even true of governors and presidents is they all feel so limited by what they can do. They all feel what difference can I make? Um, How do you get people in the mentality of not being hopeless about how they can change things, but actually get them to be in a position where they know they can make a difference? Um, It's as easy as just doing it. I know that sounds simple. I can't tell you how many people say, I, I love what you did at Manassas. I've loved what you've done here. You know, how? I'll tell you how. I walked up the steps, walked in the door, and I said, hey, how can I help? And it's that simple. And I will tell you, I think it's when ability meets passion. You know, I'm not going to go out and teach uh, any kids in the inner city how to start playing the piano because I don't know how to play the piano. I don't know anything about it. And frankly, I'm not very passionate about the piano. I know how to coach football. And I know what football did for me in my life when I came up in a lot of dysfunction and a lot of pain. And and what my coaches and the things that I learned on a football field did for me and served for me in my life. So I know how to coach football. I'm good at it. I'm passionate about it. My passion for football and disadvantaged kids like where I came from and football, my my talents and my passion met, and I simply got off my butt and went and said, how can I help? And it really is that mm. easy, but you got to find a place where passion meets discipline. Love it. Uh, people can check it out, normalfolks.us. Coach Bill Courtney, thank you. What's your email address? Uh, well, <laughs> it's, you can reach me at coachbillcourtney.com is the best way. There you go. People get that if they listen to the podcast. Thank That's you. It. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.